touchdown passes last year. This one's knocked up. Bowers tips it to himself, and he'll score. Snaps it anyway. Greer lobs it in the air. Oh, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson, and he scores on the last play. This year. Here's a blast, and Plumnik didn't see it coming. He got blasted by Kalen Deloach, who has the ball and is heading toward the end zone. What is going on, everyone? It is episode 61 of College Football Talk. We are back here on a, don't know about where Dylan is, but in a chilly Gainesville, Florida here. Chilly, chilly Orlando, Florida here. Nice. So last little cool weather hurrah here in the state of Florida. Yeah. Um, I, I do deeply miss it. I do miss I it. I don't know about you, man, but it was cold. I love it. <laughs> it was cold. It was down in the 30s here today, so I yeah. I do quite enjoy it. I wish it was happening more often. I might be in the minority there, but it's good to be there. Uh, on this Wednesday night edition, College Football Talk, we got a good episode go shaping up here for you guys tonight. Uh, a lot of coaching hirings going around. Yep. Um, transfer portal is just in full swing as it keeps up and is on a daily occurrence. Florida State doing a lot of good work there in the portal, speaking of the transfer portal. And we got some hot questions here. Um, So we're going to get right into it with the second biggest story, or biggest story following our our last episode last week when Nick Saban uh, got, you know, didn't didn't get anything. He got retired, or he didn't got retired. He He, retired. He retired. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, But Kalen DeBoer. Washington's head coach yep, takes over now in Tuscaloosa where he will try to right this ship that will is a mass exodus of just players flooding to the portal. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit um, when we talk about, you know, the, all the players leaving from Washington and Alabama, but, you know, from just, uh, I think we were talking about, we were trying to, get an idea of who we thought would be the next head coach for Alabama last week. And I think our main guy was going to be Dan Lanning. And then Dan Lanning yep. comes out like the next day with this all time video saying like, you know, if you're worried about your coach leaving, come play with us. Yeah. Just complete, just mic drop moment right there. So he was gone and then Mike Norvell got an extension and then Steve Sarkeesian either got paid or just said, I'm not doing it. Yeah. So which, Kind of left you with either DeBoer or someone outside of that, maybe like Dabo or uh, I don't even know, someone outside shot. But regardless, I think it was going to be come down to DeBoer, maybe Dabo, because I, um, who was the other guy? Kiffin was not interested either. Yep. Kind of figured that going in just because of the transfer portal activity that they doing where they have a top three transfer portal class coming in with some big time names. So yeah, there's no point of him leaving. It wouldn't just, it just wouldn't be right in a sense. Wouldn't make mm-hmm. sense. So the board comes in from Washington after a national title runner up season. Yep. How are you feeling about this? I think it's a 
good higher. I mean, if I was if I was okay, if I was gonna give it a grade, I'd give it an A minus personally. Okay. For one simple reason. I think he when it comes to X's and O's is probably the best pick. I mean, no coach we've I don't think there was any coach available in this um market who was a better X's and O's guy than Kalen Dubois. I mean, he's shown year after year after year he can win with anything. Problem I think is his recruiting. Yes. In his time at Washington, that was not they never even came close to a top twenty-five class. Which no. is it were it was consistently in the twenties at best. Yeah, it was consistently at the bottom twenties, like 28, 27. Like yeah. it was it was it was one of those things where Washington isn't a school that is extremely tough to recruit to. It's not it's it's it, it's not Minnesota or one of those schools. It's easier to recruit to Washington because you have a West Coast pipeline. Yeah. So for him to struggle in the recruiting there is a little scary for me because now you're jumping to a job where you have 10 great white sharks sitting all next to you. Oh, yeah. I mean, all it's, poaching the exact same area. You have a bunch of just like billionaire tycoons just waiting to pounce on any moment. Oh, yeah. They're not just ready to pounce on you. They're ready to pummel you if they get the chance. Yeah. So, so I think that's the only thing that scares me about this hire. I think I think the first year though, we'll see. I mean, when I mean, you talk about recruit, you know, I just said recruiting, but like we we've been seeing it so far, they can't keep anybody on the roster. No, and that partly is due to the thirty day window. Yep, where it's pretty much open season mm-hmm. for these schools and other schools to just kind of just kind of like cherry pick an app from the best branch. You know yeah. what I mean? So there's that, which is tough because, you know, but you see this with a lot of coaching hirings and stuff. You see turnover, you see new rosters coming in and yeah. um, this just happens to be one. He does bring in, bring with him, I guess, Ron OC, Ryan Grubb, yep. uh, who was interviewed last year for the Alabama OC job. So, you know, Saban had one in him. So, I mean, that should tell you all you need to know. Ryan Grubb's really good at mm-hmm. coordinating. Kalen DeBoer is an excellent offensive-minded guy. Yeah. Um, he does bring also Scott Huff, who was the offensive line coach there with the Joe Moore winning offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, he retains two guys from Bama. Yeah. And uh, Robert Gillespie, the running backs coach, and then um, Freddie, Freddie Roach, the Bama head coach, or Bama linebackers coach. Yeah. He did – he does get a good, solid defensive coordinator spot. Uh, Kane Womack, who was the yeah. uh, defensive coordinator at South Alabama, knows the area. I think that will help him as far as maybe with recruiting in the South some. I'm not going to say all of it because, you know, but it does help because you, you kind of get an idea geologically where we are in the region, yeah. the players and stuff like that. What are we looking for? Um, he did get Buffalo's head coach. Um Maurice Linguist to mm-hmm. become the second the secondary head coach in the yeah. for the defensive backs and stuff. So he's got a solid staff here, but I do worry that not even DeBoer. I think DeBoer is going to be fine. Are they going to be where Saban is? Yeah, that's... probably not. But this is where I do I've seen on social media and stuff where as far mm-hmm. as you know Bama fans and their expectations now going forward, you know they all say like you know. 
I feel like they're going to think it's a failure of a tenure for DeBoer, even if he chooses to go nine and three now, go 10 and two, maybe 11 and, or they're playing, yeah, 10 and two, 11 and one, maybe. But like, I can see a world where it's nine and threes, 10 and twos with schedules like they're playing in the SEC now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's a failure because, you know, Saban wouldn't have done that. And yeah. you're not going to see the top three recruiting classes maybe going forward as often. So, you know, it's going to be like, well, it's a failure because he's not doing what Saban did. And mm-hmm. that to me, then that's a failure. These yeah. guys are these, all these people are going to probably just cloud their brain with what Saban did and use that as like the measuring stick. And you can, but it's unfairly to do so because of how big of a measuring stick you'd be. Yeah, because I mean, he's all the way up here, and DeBoer's like right now down here. You yeah, know I mean, you, you can't even really compare the two. It's unrealistic. It's it's, it's to do yeah. So. It's not fair to either guy. No. So, I think I think the easiest way to describe it is I think it's a like I said I think it's a great hire. It's an A minus for me, just because of the recruiting. But I just think to me it's a sign that guys Alabama is not what it's going to be the past 10, 15 years. It's not that every year anymore. They're going to have ebbs and flows. They're going to have years where the, yeah, they're national title contenders. They're going to finish one loss in the season. They're going to be incredible. And then the next year they're going to turn around and win nine games and hope to win 10 by going to a bowl game. You know what I mean? I will think though, um, this upcoming year, we could see maybe a bit of a, a slowdown. Yeah, I know. I think so this year. But I do think, you know, if you give DeBoer and the staff a full recruiting cycle, you could see, you know, they could pick up right where they left off. Yeah. DeBoer has found success, though, recently. Um, Yeah, Washington a lot through Mm -hmm. the portal more often than recruiting. Yeah. So, you know, if he can just continue to do that, like how he found Michael Penix, um, you know, if you can find guys like that, those little hidden gems and bring yeah. them to Tuscaloosa, you'll be fine. I know Jabbar Muhammad, the star defensive back from Washington, has a visit set up Friday, I think, at Alabama. Mm-hmm. So, you know, following his head coach wouldn't be out of the realm. Yeah. But I do think, yeah, I think it's like an A hire. I do, I do agree with you. The recruiting aspect is going to be where it is. I do, I mean, I don't doubt him at all that he won't be able to recruit mm-hmm. at a high level. But it will be very interesting to see how now, because it's a different game when you're recruiting against, you know, you're recruiting a kid that also LSU and AM and Georgia and maybe South Carolina, Clemson, all these guys are going against. And yeah. now, you know, you're not going up against, you know, Stanford and USC and UCLA now. Like you're playing with the big boys now a little bit. So yeah. it it's it is it's either gonna, you know, kind of motivate DeBoer, I guess. Not that he wouldn't be motivated already, but like, you know, put a little fire under his belly or his butt and just say, like, yeah. listen, I got to get going here. Or it's going to crash and burn and not really going to ever get up back up to where Bama has been with Saban. So uh, we'll move on, though, to other coaching news around the country. Uh, Jed Fish takes over at Washington. Um, a little weird of an exit. Yeah. They uh, so apparently what had happened after I learned a little bit more about it, I read into it some. Uh, a lot of people will sit and look at the, and there's really no excuse for it in my opinion. But 
Your Jetfish has an exit interview, exit meeting with the team. It's a three minute meeting. Yeah. Pretty much just like, hey, I'm leaving. And so, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much we'll sum it up right there for you. But you go a little deeper into it, you know, he was offered a, he was, I mean, Arizona had offered him more money and stuff like that. But he yeah. chose to decline it and take over a Washington job where he will now have to kind of pick up, pick right back up where he left off, I think, momentum-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see if he can continue that success he was building in Arizona. He won't I, I, have – he Will Rogers is not going to be there. He has entered the portal, so they're going to be kind of fresh start going here. But um, I think there's two trains of thought to think about. Yeah. <clears throat> with Jed Fish here. And it's one is, you know, you look at Washington heading to the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that means more money, more TV rights deals, and, you know, better chance of maybe recruiting players. Because inevitably we're going to get to a world where there's a power, there's two power conferences. Mm-hmm. And maybe he just wanted to seize a shot moment where, you know, well, listen, I may not have a better job like this pop up in the future and where the direction of the sport's going, I'm going to jump on this now, and we're going to see where it goes. Um, Or you could say maybe that, listen, you know, yeah, I guess Arizona is still a good place to be. You know, the Big 12 is still going to be a strong conference, but um, I'm going to try to continue to have success here. Then if something else pops up down the road, we'll go from there. Um, I Mm. tend to believe he looked at option A and said, listen, maybe he thought – you know, again, power two conferences are coming. Yeah. Washington is going to be a much bigger brand in the Big Ten than Arizona is in the Big 12. Arizona, mm-hmm. The Big 12 will eventually become, it feels like, in a sense, it's almost become like a group of five conference, kind of, in a way. I just mean, how kind of, I, I see where you're going. I, I think it's got too many brands to be It a, does, but it just feels five. like the way that the media and the sport talk about how the direction of college football and how it's only yeah. going to be big 10 versus like sec. It's just like, you know, those conferences like the ACC and the big 12 and mm-hmm. you know, the American and all the other ones, like it's kind of get left in the dust here. That's where maybe I'm just thinking maybe he thought that and like, listen again, I'm not going to get a better chance than I am right now. Let's yeah. go. Just worst case scenario is I do all right there and they just want to go a different direction. I can always fall back into the other ranks down below. Yeah. So. I mean, my only thing, I think the biggest reason why he left is the pay increase. Yeah. I mean, I, from what I was reading here, he's going to jump from being paid around $3.4 million this next season to seven and a half million. There you go. Money talks. Yeah, he's going to, he's, they gave him a big contract. The only thing he wasn't able to do is keep, uh, or try to maybe wean, uh, uh, Noah Fafita away, who was the freshman of the year in the Pac-12. Yeah, away. He's going to stay at Arizona, where Brett Brennan will take over. He's the San Jose State head coach that took over at Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw something tonight, and um, it was like, I think it was nine players in the span of like a half hour from Arizona had all entered the portal. Yeah, and in like a half hour span, so. You know, we talk about, and we'll talk about this here in a little, like the open season market. It was just this 30-day window that has allowed these schools to just become like just sitting ducks for other schools yeah. to kind of just come in and 
do whatever they want. Like, again, who has the biggest check? It feels like for some of these players, for other guys, it's just like, you know, I mean, I came here because the coach, I like the coach, and yeah. the relationship I built with them and the other coordinators and stuff like that. They're mm-hmm. not here anymore. Why? I don't want to be here. So, yeah, that it just feels like there's a big mesh of just hot garbage almost. In a sense. I don't even know if it's like that, but it's like, you know, I kind of see where I'm seeing it going. With no, I give, I get what you're going. I get what you're yeah. saying. Um, other news going on with coaching ranks. Jim Harbaugh had just finished up his second NFL interview mm-hmm. with the Atlanta Falcons. He had one with the Chargers earlier this week, I believe, or last week, one of the two. But um, how should we – is that something or nothing, you think? I mean, I think it depends. I was, I was reading earlier about um, – the Jim Harbaugh trying to get immunity from the immunity. In- investigation. Mm. That if there is anything, that nothing could happen to his position. See, so I, I think it partially depends on that. Actually, I yeah, I was I was just gonna say I'm like if he isn't granted anything, mm-hmm. you bet your tail he's gonna head to the NFL. He's taking that. He's taking that Chargers job for sure. And you've already seen JJ McCarthy declared for the NFL draft. So he's not going to be back. I know Donovan Edwards is coming back, but you know, when you're start, when your quarterback who has an extra year of eligibility is heading to the draft, um, could be a sign for some, especially since, well, either that or he's got somebody in his head telling him things that aren't true. Yeah, for sure. I hate to say it, JJ, you're not going in the first round, buddy. You're not a day one pick. You're probably <laughs> a three pick. If we're being honest. Yeah. You're a, uh... And that's nothing against JJ McCarthy. We're not an anti JJ McCarthy. I'm not anti JJ McCarthy. We I'm are the real. anti crowd that compares JJ McCarthy to high end QBs that will be going in the first round. This is the thing. It's and like, it drives I, feel me like crazy. I feel like I'm looking out for you, JJ. Yeah. Like, like when I'm saying we're pro JJ McCarthy. When I'm saying you're not going in the first round, I'm trying to be realistic with you. Is like, don't expect to be getting paid like a big NFL. You're not even, you might make the practice squad because. You just have not shown it yet that you can be like a star yet. I mean, I, we went to a JJ McCarthy rant in the middle of a completely different subject, but <laughs> the same time, yeah, it's like, but at the same time, I'm like, dude, I really hope that guy decides to pull a Cam Ward and just comes back. Well, so with Cam Ward, and that's in later segment, but he yeah. never hired an agent. He just made a video and said, "Hey, I'm heading to the draft." Never hired an agent, so he was still able to come back. Um, but you know, I think it could be something like you said with the um, him trying to get immunity for this investigation. Yeah. It would be, I would be shocked, not even shocked. You know, I would be somewhat surprised. I'm gonna dial back a little bit mm-hmm. if he did choose to come back at some point, though. If you're Michigan, I mean, it's got to be a little annoying that like we're doing this again, seriously. Yeah. Where's the commitment level? You go, I, I I thought they put into his contract something. I don't think they the, ever have yet gave him an extension. They were working on a deal. Mm, okay, that's so, what it was. That's what it was. I was wondering what it was. I'm just, I, mean, I think they were trying to do something where like he has to within like the first year or two, like can't seek mm-hmm. out any NFL jobs or something like that. But it's yeah. like I mean, if I'm horrible, why would I want to do that when I know they could probably pay me more in the NFL? Yeah. And I know these schools are floated, but you know, so are NFL organizations. So I mean, who's to say? Maybe he. I and mean, I know Harbaugh has um, expressed 
his frustration some with the new like the way the sport's going. Maybe he's yeah. tired of that stuff and wants to go back to the pros and deal where he doesn't have to be on the recruiting trail twenty four seven. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, That's what I wonder if it is too. If is it is it, if yeah. it's, is it the recruiting? I mean, it has to be like the NILs. The un there's yeah. no like the zero like there's no guardrails were uh, with transferring and NIL and all that fun stuff. So like yeah, you know if nobody's going to fix it, why well, do I don't want to continue to just be caught in the crossroads? Um, so yeah. he's like, listen, I'm just going to go back to. A, watching videos of people and not having to the only recruiting I'm doing is calling them, see if they want to be on my team. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, one other coaching uh, news, uh, Traverius Robinson, uh, a coordinator. He was the defensive backs coach at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Long time under Saban. Yeah. He, <clears throat> it's kind of a funny one. He joins Georgia. Kirby smart goes out and gets Traverius Robinson. Mm-hmm. And on the day, or, yeah, he comes to have him join as the co-defensive coordinator and the fe- defensive backs coach at Georgia. Yeah. A day later, Kaelin DeBoer uh, brings Traverius Robinson in to interview for the full-time, full-time solo job, D.C. job. Mm-hmm. And, like, the next day or two, I think, after it comes out, this is all before, like, the introdu- the press introductory uh, press meeting Yeah, for DeBoer in Alabama. And Traverius Robinson decides he's going to stay at Georgia. A massive, massive hit for uh, Georgia's coaching staff because now you can – Will Muschamp will get moved to uh, the analysis, uh, defensive analyst, where he'll be able to not be um, as full-time. He'll just mm-hmm. be – get this more and more time with his family. Um, so, yeah. But it'll still be Glenn Schumann and now Robinson running the co-defensive coordinator spot while – you know, um, I think Schumann will still be going to linebackers and Robinson the defensive backs, but a big time hit with especially now with some someone very special in the portal who um, just uh, trans or entered it today. But listen, these guys are all master recruiters around that yeah. area, and you know we're talking about guys in that guys who dominate the area to be honest. Dominate. I saw something that between the five of them or four with. I think Smart, Robinson, Schumann, and uh, Muschamp, between the four of them, they've combined for over 25 five-stars yeah. commitments. So they know what they're doing, and now you can use that as a weapon. I mean, Smart was playing chess, not checkers, feels like. you know. So, I mean, a legit huge-time pickup. I mean, they got the USC. They got the defensive backs coach from USC also become the quarterbacks mm-hmm. coach over here. He's really yeah. good. And the recruiting trail. So now you're going to have all these guys just going at it. It's like a, just the juggernaut continues to roll. Mm-hmm. So, um, But yeah, we'll move on though to I think the biggest topic of the night that we can get into. It's the open season. How I keep referring to that here. With we, we slightly went into this a little bit ago, but let's get, let's get right into it. Man. Yeah. So Alabama and Washington, how there's this 30 day period where. Mm-hmm. And as soon as a coaching change happens or either retires, fires, anything like that, as soon as there's something sort of change, yeah, that portal window opens up for 30 days and it gives the players a chance to exit, stay, do whatever. But it also gives teams like Florida State, Georgia, mm-hmm. Miami, 
Texas A&M, Texas, all of these guys, Tulane. They've been doing some work to yeah. come in. And I mean, I saw that. Yeah, you see that. Get some, they do a little bit of this, and they say, why don't you come over here now? Yeah. And Bama, we'll start with Washington. Washington, 15 transfers out. Only seven have been in since the coaching mm-hmm. change. Notable names, Jabbar, Maho- Jabbar Muhammad and Will Rogers among the biggest ones. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Bama transfers, 26 out. Notable names, Seth McLaughlin, Ohio State. Going to Ohio State now. He was the center. Earl mm-hmm. Little to FSU. Malik Benson, FSU, Roydell Williams, FSU, Isaiah Bond, Texas, Des Ricks, Texas A&M, Kendrick Blackshire, Blackshire, Texas, Ja'Cory Brooks, Louisville, three players that have yet to commit anywhere. Um, that would be Trey Amos, uh, Mari Nyblack, and Caleb Downs. Caleb Downs is yeah. the biggest one out of all of them. He is the number one right now recruit in the portal. He just yep. entered it today. There was rumors when Travis Robinson left that you could possibly see something there. And here we go. I mean, he's already been crystal balled for Georgia. It would be an absolute masterful hit if the dogs could get him because if they got him, they would seal Downs, Starks, Malachi Starks, and KJ Bolden. Those three, Bolden, Downs, and Starks would be the consecutive top three safeties in the state of Georgia, all would be yep. on one. So talk about a loaded, just the rich get richer there, but mm-hmm. that would be insane. But just in general, I mean, Florida state's got four guys now. I mean, Texas took up Isaiah bond. I mean, yeah. it's open season for some of these big time guys that are all leaving that. And that was just a couple of them. There's some other ones in there as well. Tulane, um, someone, there's a guy just committed to Auburn. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, it's crazy. I don't know how you feel about the window. Look, I mean, there's been a lot of hate for it, but to be honest with you, I don't know a way you could do it differently. No. Like, legitimately, you have to have some sort of way. If the coaches can leave that easily, like, J- Jetfish gave his team three minutes, and he was gone. Yeah. You can't let head coaches do that, and then no. the players have to be stuck where they are. It's not fair to the players. It's not fair to the program. It's not even fair to the incoming coach, but, like, what are we supposed to do? Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, if it's – that's why I don't feel crazy sympathy for some sometimes, you know. Yeah. You know, is it sometimes a little questionable for some players to leave when they, you know, they had much better opportunity to playing time, they stayed? But, yeah. again, you know, if you're a coach and you're able to just leave whenever, why is a, why aren't players allowed to? You know what I mean? So yeah, I give them every right to do so. Um, is it a little just bad timing for like Alabama and Washington? It does pin them a little bit because now that the portal technically is closed, they can't really do much. Yeah, uh, they kind of just have to wait and uh, or and just try their best to keep some of these guys. But, I mean, I saw a great video when I was talking to Dylan about this on Twitter today. Aaron Murray said, you know, Bama fans are experiencing something that most of college football has dealt with for years now. And it's the fact that players, a lot of players, a lot of times, unless you grew up being a diehard fan, you know, if Dylan 
grew up being grows up being a Florida State fan and only wants to go to Florida State, he's going to go to Florida State, and that's fine. Yeah. But <clears throat> but if Dylan grows up being a Florida State fan and is really good at football, and Alabama's knocking on their door, mm-hmm. or I don't know, yeah, we'll just or we'll get a better one, or like if Oregon's knocking on his door, yeah. We'll and you know you build a great connection with Dan Landing and all that. It's the relationships you build with the coaches and the yeah. staff that get most of these players there. And like mm-hmm. most of these guys, they care maybe a little bit about the tradition and stuff, but these guys yeah. don't care about the schools and stuff like that. And like you know, doing just sticking out the four years and you know putting their time in to show the pride and all that fun stuff, loyalty. You know, loyalty now. Yeah. Guys, no, you go there because you were, you became, you developed a great friendship and mm-hmm. a great relationship with those coaching staff. It may not yeah. even be the head coach. It could be the OC. It could be a staff member that you really, that really was there for you on the recruiting trail and you love them. And, and when they leave or get fired, you have no business being there. Yeah, I can tell you where I work. If my of all of my managers just just got got fired, and I didn't want to want to work there, most more likely than not. Yeah. So, you know, it's a really strong tale to say that these guys were going to Bama because Nick Saban was there, and that's mm-hmm. no indictment. Nick Saban's the greatest coach of all time. Yeah, but that's exactly why they went there because they wanted to get recruited to the best place. Where they knew they could go, improve their skills, win a national championship if possible, mm-hmm. and um, get drafted. Yeah, and that was a great spot to be. So now you're seeing, as soon as he leaves, just like now, rest of college football, you're going to get stuck with all these guys exiting out the door because they want to go to where now the next best relationship or coach finds them. Mm-hmm. Now, now mixed in with a little nil, of course, but that's how I see it. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, to me, the biggest thing is that it's all about the relationship. For sure. I mean, more than, that's the reason. People are so con- confused as to why there's so many Alabama guys jumping. None of these Alabama guys, as, as hard, weird as it is to say, really came for the logo on their uniform. They came to be coached under Nick Saban. Exactly. The second you take Nick Saban out of that, they have zero relationship to that university, to the football program. Their relationship is with the previous staff. Most of these guys, guess what? Newsflash, they don't give back to the school. Yeah. They may go and watch a game or two every once in a while, but they don't. Yeah. Unless they're going there to play football and get drafted. That's all. The only guys you will see who really are all about that are the guys who either won a bigger, like a Heisman Trophy winner, will never shut up about their school, right? But. Any of the guys who you'll see who are tra- just traditional first round picks, all pro, all you know, all American, all SEC guys, those guys don't. Those those guys are there to get drafted. That's that's the biggest thing on their mind. Yeah, and I'm not. I mean, and yes, that's not they, an indictment against how no. Nick Saban runs this program. No, it's and it's just, not it's, an indictment either. I don't think on the players. I'm just no. saying personally. I'm just saying. Listen, you know, they will show pride for their school maybe all they want, but I can tell you yeah. probably the majority of them are saying, I got here because Nick Saban wanted me here. Yeah. He really 
you know, believed in me in recruiting when I was in high school and I I trusted him. I came here, I did what he told me was going to happen, and now I'm drafted. So, yeah, I'll always, but as soon as he's not here anymore, so I'm going to go somewhere else. Um, but uh, we'll move on though to FSU here because FSU is doing some work in the portal. Yeah, they are. Um, I was looking at some rankings today, just in general, um, mm-hmm. doing a lot of work. I mean, it feels like they're picking off a new Bama guy every other day. Yeah, it does. It either, really does. In the, either in the portal or just in the recruiting rankings. Yeah. Um, they yeah, have I mean, four guys. Just, yeah, they have four Bama guys from Bama. Left and right. For sure. And then they picked up Richie Leonard from Florida the other day. Yep. A lineman, Devontae Brown from Miami, DJ Uyunglele from Oregon State. Like they are taking some guys here. They got a guy from West Virginia mm-hmm. who is also coming. Um, you know, Mike Norvell is just keeps on rolling here. You know, I thought the Richie uh Rich Richie Leonard stuff was so funny because I don't know if you saw, but like Gator fans on Twitter were losing their minds over that commitment. I don't think it probably was as bad as the ETN to Georgia. No, 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 no. But like, they were guys they, who they were like, here, they were mad. Well, I think it's also funny because Richie Leonard's has one year left of eligibility, and he just chose to go to Florida State and yeah, play a year at Florida. But again, like I said, going back to last topic, these guys do not care about rivalries. Not this isn't the early two thousands anymore. This isn't the nineties and eighties when like. You want if you played for, you know, Auburn. You wanted to kill people from Bama. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's these not, guys do not so. care anymore. We just had an Alabama guy commit to Auburn. Yeah, it is what it is now. Guess what? Yeah, but it is kind of funny though. Richie Leonard, Trevor Etienne goes to Georgia. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, these guys don't care. Could care less about rivalries. All they want to go to the best place they can want to win, and that's and kudos to them. Mm-hmm. Um, we're does this place any higher expectations now with Florida State going into the season, or is, it should be like right where we left off? I think we should be right where we left off. I mean, they're more grabbing guys to replace than you know what I mean. Yeah, less than not. I mean, not to say they're not upgrading. I think there's some guys where they've upgraded. But more than anything, I think they've just been replacing guys and adding depth more than anything. Is there any key roster position-wise that they still need to maybe look at um, filling in? Big concern, question marks going in to next season, you think? I think they've actually done really well addressing it. I mean, the only thing I can think of is maybe – a little bit, maybe another wide receiver. That's the biggest okay. thing. Maybe. I mean, they've added so many guys that it's like crazy. <laughs> they've added quarterbacks for depth, and they recently they got a commitment out of a a four three star uh, quarterback from the elite eleven. Okay, there you they, go. You know, as a walk on too. So like, <laughs> there you go. not even wasting a scholarship. On nice. Dad, listen, I I expect Florida State to kind of be right. Right back on to where they were last year. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the playoff new playoff rules coming in, they would mm-hmm. be fine, more than fine. But uh we'll see how they um if they can continue to build off of you know prior seasons. I think Norvell's done a good mm-hmm. job of that. Um as of late last couple of years where you know you're not just 
it's not just like a one and done kind of like a you know lightning in a bottle yeah type season where you know 10 and 3 is awesome but then it's like back to like 7 and 6 or something like that the year after now he keeps on building up yeah. so i mean I to be fair biggest... he kind of went as far as you could I mean, then... yeah i mean but like next year with the 12 team it's like if if mike norvell in florida state wins the acc again it's like well you know you're in florida state pretty much got up to a mountaintop and got mm-hmm. to the peak and they were about to plant the flag and say this is our mountain yeah, and then like a bird or a bulldog came and just knocked him off and just sent yeah. him flying down, mm-hmm. and like tragic fashion. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of funny. They just kind of sent. Well, I guess no. Well, they they sent like their like the other guys on the trip climbing mm-hmm. the mountain. Sadly, just weren't able to make it, and so yeah. the last guy standing was like the backup kicker, and mm-hmm. he just got pummeled. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I expect Norvell to get right back to where it is, and uh, does give a good uh, question, I guess, for maybe a later episode or something. But like, looking at like, you know, hypotheticals down the road and stuff. As far as like, you know, ACC goes with Florida State, you know, is if you win, say if you, you know, or let's say they lose their conference championship, yeah. Um, that means let's say that costs them a buy, so they end up having to play. So you play, you play twelve games in the season. Mm-hmm. And they lose. They go twelve and one, yeah. but they're a five seed. So they don't get a buy, which means you got to play one, two, four games, right, to get win a title. Yes. Uh, yes. So that would be uh, 16 games, 16, 17 yeah. games, if I'm doing that right. Yeah. Tour, you got to win a title. Do you just consider maybe, do you think you start seeing teams that, let's say like the Florida State, um, you know, let's say the 12 team is this year and Florida mm-hmm. State's kind of just hobbling in. It almost feels like a quarterback and yeah. stuff like that. Do you think they just rest everybody this and Going, I like, can see happen. We have yeah. to play an extra game anyway. Mm-hmm. Why not? We'll just rest our guys, or we'll so rest our guys awesome. going in at some point at the end of the year because we know we got to do something that we got to play more games later on here. Yeah, I mean that could have been a definitely something that might you could have seen, and I I do expect teams like that to going forward where resting mm-hmm. guys will definitely happen. Yeah, you'll start seeing what they do in the NFL where end of the season comes like. They don't care. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're going to rest them, get them ready for a conference championship game, or even just getting ready for the playoffs. So, yeah. Um, but we'll move on, though. We're just kind of breezing along here. Uh, we're getting in transfer Good. portal news. Make sure you guys are subscribing, though. Yes. Continue to subscribe, guys. Uh, the viewership's been solid. That's always appreciated. But make sure you guys, if you're brand new or you're just watching and not subscribed, hit that subscribe Ooh. button. So that we can continue to grow the channel for you guys. That's why we do it. Uh, I mean, especially here in the off off season, um, mm-hmm. we don't like to use that word around here. But um, you know, certainly in the non yeah. college football playing season, you know, we'll definitely have a lot of stuff to talk about and keep you guys entertained. But make sure you guys are subscribed while doing it. 
and listening on Spotify if you can't yeah. watch us on YouTube, as always. All right, we're going to get right here in the transfer portal here as we are coming to last couple topics here to, on tonight's show. Uh, some portal news. Mario Williams, Tulane, he was one of the USC's uh, good, uh, solid receivers. Yeah. He was probably in – are in line to have a nice breakout year going forward. So Tulane, nice pickup there. Mm-hmm. Cam Ward is the big one. Uh, he re- a couple weeks ago declared for the draft in a yeah. like ten second video, um, but he never hired an agent. So he now retracted that and is going to Miami, where a lot of people thought he was going to go. So now mm-hmm. Miami pulls in two uh, guys out of the portal. So they definitely have options. Yeah. And uh but obviously Cam Ward will probably start and he'll get a great first test of where he where he uh wants to be for uh, NFL scouts because he gets to go mm-hmm. to the swamp week one. So you know it's always a tough test for new quarterbacks, yeah. especially if it's a night game. But um yeah, nice pickup there for Miami. I expect Cam Ward to succeed with what Chris Paul's building down there. And uh because remember Miami, a lot of young guys played this year. Yeah, and a lot of them. majority of their starting rotation, like especially on defense, were freshmen and like young sophomores. So mm-hmm. they are uh, growing into uh, their position. Uh, a lot of you know, you get the early mistakes out, but now you got a lot of reps yeah. doing so. So they should be a very improved team going forward. But I feel like we say that all the time about Miami. But I do think this. Year I think we've been we have been saying it for like a decade. Almost been kind of waiting. For them yeah. to prove us wrong. So I do think this could be a possible nice little season here. First yeah. of all, you know, he finally he gets the seven wins. You know, again, he he building off of better than what he did last year. Mm-hmm. This could be a big breakout year, I think, coming up for Miami. Yeah. Could see maybe a year where nine, ten wins, maybe. Not out of the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if he can do that. Um, otherwise, you know. Miami fans will get mad at him and they'll probably want him out. So, um, but uh, Jabbar Muhammad, Muhammad, like I said earlier, he has visits to Texas and Alabama. Uh, Tolia Tungavailoa, his NCAA waiver got denied. So he has I, to go to the draft. I, I said it. I, I've, I've ever seen it on the show that I think it's going to get denied because, look, there's really, there's really no argument that he could make. He played in five games. Yeah, and I think I mean, it's, it's like, funny as too is like Bama and like Saban were sending letters like saying yeah. like listen, just you should give it to him, you know, heavily supporting him and and say, nope, we're no. not feeling it. No, I'm <sighs> just not feeling it today. Um, so he has to go to the draft. A little unfortunate because he probably is not, you know, where he wants to be. I think as a prospect. So, but we'll see where the cards or the chips fall. I guess I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaiah Baum, we talked about earlier. He's going to Texas. Robbie Ashford, the split quarterback at Auburn, because they ran a two quarterback system all year for some stupid reason. And uh, he's going to uh, South Carolina. Yeah. Because Spencer Rattler will not be there anymore. So let's see if Shane Beamer rolls with Ashford. Uh, he's got talent, a lot of raw talent, really good with his legs. Still needs to work on being a, like a passer, mm-hmm. but he can, he has that dual threat. Um, you know, ability with his legs for sure. So we'll see how Shane Beamer uses that going into next year. And uh, Evan Stewart, the big receiver out of AM, hit the yeah. portal a couple weeks ago. He officially committed to Oregon. So the Ducks get another big weapon to add along. 
mm-hmm. for Dylan Gabriel and company to hopefully sh- uh, show out next year in the Big Ten. Yeah, but that's a big get for Dan Lanning and company for sure. Um, but yeah, any other transfer news you know of that I, didn't I haven't seen anything on? else yet. I've not seen anything else yet. I was going through right now checking to see if there's anything. I know I've been keeping an eye out for the uh, some more Bama news whenever it drops, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't think anything. I think it's held steady here the last couple hours. So, uh, but uh, I mean, a little bit of news. It's kind of interesting next year. Georgia, Alabama, right? Uh, yes. Georgia is favored right now, which would snap Alabama's 110 game home odds uh, favorite streak. 110 games in a row? 110 home games in a row. Jeez. What's the line right now? I think it's like three. Ooh, that would be, that's a, that's a nice. Yeah. I, 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 juicy I gotta, I numbers right there. Yeah. Juicy number right there. Yeah, Georgia's a three-point favorite. Yep. That will be a, what a welcome moment for DeBoer. That's his first Ooh. SEC game. You get a yeah. home game, but it's a night game with, Georgia coming to town. Mm-hmm. And Georgia, and I keep thinking about this. I'm just saying, I'm like, they have this. You might see like a Sherman's March Civil War style, mm-hmm. just burning and just taking out anything in their path next year. Like they, yeah. they proved a point against Florida State by all means, but who they, pl- I mean, yeah. Just regardless. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, I get what you said. Yeah. I watched them come out of that tunnel and I just thought, I'm just looking. They had bad intentions. And I might have said a word that's not allowed for this program, but I just said, listen, these guys, they are not messing around right now. Yeah. And pretty much. So they, that might, that'll be a good game for sure. Mm-hmm. Who Bama has planned, that'll be a great question. But, We'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on those. We'll get into uh, hypothetical or the hypothetical odds, the early odds and lines down the road in the next couple episodes or so. Yeah. Stretch things out as we like to do here in the non-playing football part of the season. So we're all right. We're going to move into the final topic here tonight's show, and that is hot questions. No winners and losers of the week because, you know, I mean, it's I guess. It's kind of hard you, to do that right now. I mean, the only loser, I guess, would be Bama. And the winner would be anybody. Bama, Georgia, and Florida State, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where we could be like, "Oh, Bama's the winner because they hired a good head coach," but they're also the loser because they have no players. <laughs> For sure. Well, actually, loser Jed Fish's uh, goodbye speech. That was bad, yeah. But I feel like that's not Jed. That's uh that's every single person who's ever attended the University of Arizona is a loser for that. <laughs> I mean, um, Kalen DeBoer's possibly his introductory team meeting speech uh, because a lot of the guys that are in the portal now mm-hmm. uh, were there at that meeting. So, I do want to say before we get into it, what's how much money would you put down that Jed Fish, current coach of the Washington Huskies, ends up in Gainesville next year? Mind you, he is a Florida alum. Not much. And the only reason why I say that mm-hmm. is I saw a article or not an article just a tweet yeah. from a florida guy who ran into scott strickland the ad here mm-hmm. at a basketball game and i guess he had asked him about you know how much you know 
how much time can we give a Napier? And pretty much that's how it yeah. went. And Strickland said, listen, you give you give a coach time, he's bound to succeed, pretty much along those lines. Yeah, but I don't think Strickland um, is do job. I, does that mean that sure. I just don't think that he's gonna get fired after next year? If what I that I took what I took away there is he's yeah. not gonna get fired. No, how I much, get that, but at the same time, they have a brutal schedule. Yes. And it doesn't ever at any point get easy. No, I mean, there's a legit shot after UCF, they could lose the remaining part of their schedule, mm-hmm. which includes LSU, Georgia, Florida State, Ole Miss, and Texas. Yeah. So, not to mention Miami's getting get better by the hour. I mean, I mean, they got to play these quarterbacks, and it would be it's Cam Ward, KJ Jefferson, Connor Wegman, or let's try to go in order here Cam Ward. KJ Jefferson, Sanford, and then it's um, I know Quinn Ewers, Jackson Dart, Connor Wegman, ja- Carson Beck, uh, Ga- Garrett Nussmeyer, yeah, DJ Uyangale, yep, um, Brock Vandergriff. Mm-hmm. So I mean, those are just some I know. That's I brutal. That is brutal. Oh, for sure. Do I think they could sneak in a couple? Yeah. I mean, oh, Mississippi yeah. State. Um, just quarterback down there. Um, forget the quarterback will be in Mississippi State, but you're going to have to face them. But, I mean, I keep thinking Napier's going to have to win, try to win six or seven mm-hmm. to be, to give the fan base some sort of hope. I mean, I. Realistically, and I don't want to be a downer, but legitly, I mean, there's a there's a path where they win maybe three games. Yeah, maybe. I don't think he keeps his job if they win three games. That would be worst case scenario. Realistically, I think I, if they lose to UCF, there's a chance he gets fired the next day. Listen, KJ Jefferson went in there last year or this past season in Arkansas. Exactly, and so, UCF's not a bad squad. No. They they are the only new uh, Big Twelve team that actually made a bowl game, and in my opinion, they just improved. Yeah, they have a top and, ten transfer team. Yeah, so I mean, they um, what I think they're gonna go is, and you can clip this and post this. I mean, be my mm-hmm. guess. I think they're gonna win four games. Personally yeah. speaking, you can't tell me they're gonna win. right now. You can't tell me they're gonna beat. Old, yeah. I, I can tell you right now, they're not going to beat Ole Miss. They're not going to beat Texas. They're not going to beat Georgia. They're not going to beat LSU. They're not going to beat Florida State. That's five losses right there. Yeah. Um, and the way it's going, I don't think you they get me. Miami's at home. UCF's at home. Sanford's at home. Miami's a toss-up. I, I, I'm I going to lean Florida. I just, I'm going to I'm I'm lean was, UCF, I was leaning, I was and I'm going to lean Sanford. I was that's three Florida wins. Until Miami got Cam Ward. I think that's like that leans me Miami now. I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna give them the win, Mike. I'm gonna give them UCF. Yeah. I'm gonna give them Sanford. That's three wins mm-hmm. you have remaining. Yeah. Then, if we're giving everyone else losses, that's you have mm-hmm. Kentucky, Mississippi State, and uh, another team. But do they beat Kentucky? Mm-hmm. No, I don't uh, think they beat Kentucky. I mean, maybe. Here we go. I don't know. They have. I don't like how we just kind of got off the rails here. And then again, this is not promoting anti-Florida. We are just looking at the state of the program. We're just being real. Oh, Texas Santa. Connor. Yeah, I said yeah. Connor Wigman. 
So, all right, in order, again, Miami win, Sanford win, a and I'm going to give them a loss. Mm-hmm. That's at home, too. Uh, Mississippi State at Mississippi State. I give them the win. Okay, so we're three and one going into UCF. Four and one. Yeah, we could say four and one. Four and one, and then you're at Tennessee. Oh, that's uh, Nico. Yeah, I think they lose Nico. that game. So they lost four. last time they played at Tennessee too. Four and two. You get Kentucky at home. Yeah. Win or loss. I think they'd lose again. Four they, and three, and then you get the bye, and then it becomes ready. Jacksonville, Fort Georgia. They get blown out. Four and three, or we four and three. I think four. Yeah, four. no, four and four and four. Yeah, at that point. Uh, Texas loss. Four and five. LSU loss. Ole Miss loss. Florida State loss. That's a four. bad. That entire end of the end of the schedule. By week, by Kentucky by week. They play murderers row. Like <laughs> they play, they play, they play like the nineteen twelve Yankees. Like yeah. it's like ridiculous after that. Yeah. So, but uh. Four four wins is what I see. But regardless, we're not on Florida right now. We're talking about hot questions. We got three of them tonight. Number one, how dangerous is Ohio State next year? JT Tumaloa is coming back. Jack Sawyer's coming back. They just brought in Quinchon Junkin. Yeah. Quinchon Junkins from the portal. Match him up with Trevion Anderson who's coming back. He brought in Will Howard. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel Vuka's coming back. Um, you know, you have you're gonna get your guys on the outside still. How dangerous is this team, Dylan? I mean, I think I think they could easily. I, I think it all depends on Michigan. If, they, and they good. will get Michigan at Ohio State too this year. It doesn't make a difference for me personally, but if Jim Harbaugh is still the coach at Michigan, I think Michigan wins again. And I, I think that's I, the that's the problem with Ohio. Scale State. of like one, to, we'll give it one to five. Five being like super confident that Michigan would win. No, that Ohio State, like how dangerous do you think they are? I think Ohio State would be five being the most dangerous, right? Yeah. Five. I, I'm going to say about like a four, but yeah. I mean, they're, they're they're as good as they've ever been. I mean, minus the C.J. Stroud, right? But it's just Michigan's in their way. It does. Now, it does give them some leeway, though, with the playoff mm-hmm. expanding. Again, this is yes. a lot of these teams. You're going to see this. These teams are going to have some now leeway to lose a game or two mm-hmm. and um, you know, still compete for a national championship. And Ohio State could be this if they run into Michigan. Now, yeah. if a Ryan Day Ohio State-led team loses to Michigan for the fourth straight year in a row and then they don't do anything after that, he yeah. may be seeing his final goodbyes. Because I can tell you right now, they will not stand for that. Um, yeah. That's just me though, but uh, right now, dangerous wise, pre like looking at them right now, I there's dangerous as anybody. I would be a, rank them a top three team in the country. Yeah, yeah, so, I think so too. I, I, they'll probably be number three. Yeah, I mean, we'll do a top ten maybe next. We'll, week. we'll do a top ten next week or later. Yeah, we'll do. But, a, we'll give out. We'll have each other do a top ten. We'll top ten, and uh, we'll. Uh, yeah, we'll just talk about that. But uh, next question here, does the 30-day window rule hurt college football? I really don't think it does, personally. I understand the argument of it, but my whole thing is that it's to benefit the kids, right? Yeah. And it helps those kids. That's what the rule is made for, and that's what it does, and it does help. Obviously, it sucks. 
for the for the team that's losing all these guys right away, right? Mm-hmm. It hurts. It sucks. They can't get guys, but that's just like there isn't a clear solution to the problem. And and if you don't have a clear solution, I don't understand the point of making it out to be the issue that it is. Like if there's no clear solution to the issue, then it's like all right, we kind of just got to leave it where it is. And I think it's more beneficial than it is hurtful. I I don't think it's that hurtful because if you're allowing coaches to leave whenever, yeah, this is the kind of like the you know that eye for an eye. You go code of Hammurabi here and say, listen, you want to leave? That's fine, but now your program's gonna. See, I see a nice little, um, you know, is going to get hurt too, in a sense. Yeah. I don't know, hurt, but like you're going to see a lot of guys leave, and they have every right to do so because if you're leaving, they can leave. So, again, it goes back to the whole relationship things, but and I don't see how you can fix it because, yeah, you know, they're just doing what they're just trying to do what's best for them, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And is it okay to be a little selfish there? Yeah. You know, college is yeah. just a bridge to get to the NFL for most of these yeah. guys. So, yes, getting an education is great, but also going to play in the NFL is too. So they want to go mm-hmm. – if they think Alabama is not where it needs to be now, they'll go to Texas. They'll go to Georgia. They'll go to uh, Ole Miss or Oregon or whatever. That is what it is. So Yeah. All right, last question here before we wrap things up here tonight. Are you concerned – about DeBoer, Kalen DeBoer, not having full control with Nick Saban still being around the program. They've already announced Nick Saban's going to take on more of like a like analyst kind of spot or just yeah. something where he's going to have an office at Brian Denny. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you worried that like he's going to still have his fingerprints on and not really have let DeBoer be, you know, fully run the program? Yeah, I understand the fear. And to a degree, I wonder if that's a reason why coaches said no. Because I think we both know. Kalen DeBoer is not the first guy they talked to. They obviously talked to a bunch of people just because that's what you do in a coaching search. You don't actually offer the job until you get 100% that somebody will say yes. Mm -hmm. So I think to a degree, I really wonder what the – if Nick Saban – is really given a decent amount of control, I think it could be a disaster. Yeah. I mean, if he kind of takes on like what Bruce Arians does, Tampa Bay box and just kind of just yeah. drives his golf cart around and says, that's perfect. Talks to the guys. Be my guest. That go. That's great. But if he just goes on recruiting visits and says, Hey, go yeah. to Alabama. That's perfect for them. But I do. Th- I think a little bit where, you know, if it he, may be, because you he's know, sitting he's... in like the coaches, coaches like office every day, and they're talking game, but like plans. I would not be like, I feel like that's not good. No, and maybe Saban, who I've heard may take on more of a uh, do do some like uh, TV role. Yeah. Um, that'll keep him occupied, and maybe he just wants to be around, maybe as like a mentor, maybe mm. just hang around with the players and stuff. Like, yeah, that's fine. I mean, but maybe it's just kind of like a leaves like an open office to where because he lives in Florida most of the time too. So you know maybe he if he just wants to come up to Tuscaloosa he has a spot. Yeah. But yeah, it does feel weird though. Like, like I just don't. I 
there's something weird like that. Mm-hmm. It's almost going to be, he might have to run like checkpoints, run it through the big guy. You know what I mean? Would Saban yeah. do this? Maybe a lot of people might say like, oh, Saban may not do this. You know what I mean? So why, why are we doing this? He just could be, maybe he may not ever, maybe it goes like that. And a couple years from now, he talks in like an interview or something like that and just says, listen, I was never able to really have full control. Mm-hmm. Never really was able to do what I wanted to do because they were kind of stuck in their own ways a little bit. Can I feel that or what do you think? No, I can't, yeah. No, I get Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I just, I just, I would feel horrible for DeBoer. If it was like a situation where Nick Saban is required to be in all coaching meetings or something like that by the university, and I don't think so because I think I would hope the board was probably told ahead of time, like, listen, you're going to assume your team, mm-hmm. you know, you're bringing on your staff and doing all your fun, your stuff, so you don't have yeah. anything to worry about. But yeah, it's definitely something to maybe think about a little bit, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but. What I'm going to be thinking about is uh, getting some sleep because we yeah. have hit run our course here it's on tonight's episode. Fix my camera here. <laughs> and it keeps going in and out. I see it in the corner of my eyes. I'm talking. I'm like, hit it again. Um, but fixed it again. So uh, make sure you guys are subscribing to the podcast. Like I said, um, numbers, the number for subscribers has stayed at 80. For a little while now, so let's make sure, yeah. you guys, if you're new, like I said, subscribe has no harm to you, and it only benefits us because, mm-hmm. you know, we get to produce more stuff and get it out to you guys so more eyes can see it. Yeah. Like I said, so we'll be back next week with another edition of College Football Talk, and uh, can't wait to see what happens here. I'm sure we'll have some transfer portal news. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect I, so. I expect some of these bigger names to kind of start closing down, making decisions soon, especially with the academic season starting up and school, yeah. the spring semester starting up. So you start yeah, seeing some bigger names finding landing spots sooner rather than later. Um, oh, quick uh, thoughts, real quick on Colorado coach Deion Sanders letting his kids go to Paris Fast and fa- Paris. Fashion Week instead of missing the first team meetings. I mean, it's I don't I don't care. I don't know about <laughs> you, but like I'm like whatever. That's the that's just the program. That's what happens there. There you go. That was Dylan's thoughts as we close yeah. out episode sixty one of College Football Talk for Hunter. And there's yeah. Dylan. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. See you guys. <laughs>